Morning, everybody. Happy New Year. I know that we're several days in now, but I uh, haven't been able to be with you in the room and online. Uh, Kathleen and the team, you guys just did an amazing job last week and the week before. Yeah, so grateful for our team and everything that goes on around here. Uh, Kathleen had mentioned that we're going to be uh, starting a series called Connection, and we're going to be drawing a lot from Andy Stanley's book, Irresistible. So it might be a great book for you to pick up um, during the series as we go forward. We're going to be talking about embracing the original version of our faith. So we really want to start to look at um, the picture of what happens not only in the book of Acts, but throughout the whole of Scripture and how Jesus appears and how attractive and, as Andy Stanley would say, how irresistible the early church was, for instance, and the church that Jesus started and how that should be such a great challenge to us. So we're going to talk about that for several weeks. But I thought before we get to that and kind of leading into that, so this is connected to it, uh, I wanted to just give you some great news. Who could use some great news? Yeah, how about it, right? So um, you all need to know, if you don't already know, that Crossroads Church this year will be 30 years old. Is that great news or what? Yeah, that is amazing. I want you to think, I've got a question for you. I want you to think about anything, is what you may have experienced in your life for 30 years. Some of you uh, haven't served Christ for 30 years yet, but some of you have. Some of you in your relational world have had uh, 30-year or more long relationships, and that's amazing, right? Um, and some of you, you know, aren't even 30 yet, so you don't even, you don't, it's not hard for you to figure it out. There's nothing that's gone on for 30 years. 30 years is a long time, isn't it? And there's much to be celebrated and that's what we want to do this year. So I want to, I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes uh, around this subject of still here. Just say that with me, still here. When, when Claire and I first came out here in the early days of the church, somebody came to me, I remember, and said that they had talked to a pastor that was kind of leaving town, had tried to plant a church in Marshall, Michigan, and just said, there's just no way it's going to work. I don't even remember the guy's name. I never met the guy, but I was told by somebody that had started to come to our church. And what he said is, there is absolutely no way you won't last a year. Crossroads, actually, we weren't even crossroads at that point. We were just like church down the street that moves every week. But anyway, church in a living room. I don't know what we were calling ourselves. But he said, you won't last a year. And I remember saying to whoever shared that with me, I remember saying, that's the devil. Not the guy's the devil, but that, speak, that being spoken over us was the devil, right? So I want everybody to say this with me, together to the devil. Still here. Still here. Here we are, 30 years later, still here, right? Now, the Apostle Paul has some great stuff to say when, it, when you start talking about still being here. And this is what he says in 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 7. He says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power from God, and it's not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down. We're not destroyed. 
We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, Paul says, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Actually, that's a psalm, out of a psalm. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Now listen closely, friends. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, we're getting older, we're 30 years down the road as a church. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles over the years are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what we see, but on what is unseen, since what we see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen? We're still here. Let me give you some statistics that have been gathered by uh, the Barna Group and by Fuller Institute on Church Growth. First of all, understand. I want you to understand what a huge deal it is for us to be celebrating this year in April. It'll be 30 years. 30 years. 10%, just one out of 10 pastors in the United States will last in ministry for 30 years. Just one out of 10. Last year, 4,000 churches closed in the United States. In other words around 120,000 churches in the United States have closed since this one was planted. Now, granted, there's been some churches planted during that 30 years, but out of, out of the United States, 4,000 churches are closing every year right now. Every day in the United States, 3,500 3, people are leaving the Christian church in the United States. Last year, over one and a quarter million people left going to church. You're still here. We're still here. And the admonition from the Apostle Paul is that we would be, as Andy Stanley would say it, an irresistible force on the earth as a people. That's God's desire for the church. So I want to talk to you, give you a few characteristics that lead to long-term success the kind of things that give you and I staying power, that has given Crossroads Church staying power for 30 years and will lead us as a people into the next season that we have. The first thing is never give up. We need an attitude always of never giving up. We need to live, to to have that kind of attitude, what you must do is live in the tension of never being good enough. Now, some of you will hear that and say, well, I have a problem always feeling like I'm never good enough. I'm not talking about a condemning sense. I'm talking about living in that tension between learning to be satisfied with being unsatisfied. Do you know what I mean? Like that pursuit 
in spite of the fact that you never feel like you are fully satisfied. You stay in pursuit and be okay with the tension of being unsatisfied. That you know that you're pleasing God, the pursuit is pleasing God. In other words, you could say it like this. The pursuit that we have is as important as the arrival. Another way you could say it is the chase is as gratifying as the capture. We are in pursuit of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. We are in pursuit of being the light of the world, to be a shining hill in a place that can be dark at times, and the pursuit itself is deeply gratifying. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. He says, not that I've already obtained all of these things, not that I've arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. A never-give-up attitude. Learning to be satisfied with the unsatisfied. See, the reality of it is we all know that the journey in our lives, our faith journey, individually and corporately, can be boring, right? It can be frustrating. It can be deeply painful at times. There can be times when it feels like God is not even around in your life. But we need to have the attitude of, I will refuse to even dream of giving up. I would never give up on this relationship that God has given me. The second thing that I would encourage us to pay attention to is to have a passionate perseverance. To live a passionate perseverance. Now it's important that we realize that it's important to have a passionate perseverance. Not just to have passion. Because to have just passion... Is just like living like a firework, and you just burn out, and you just kind of explode, and you'll never last over the long haul. And to just have a perseverance, that isn't enough because perseverance is fueled by our passion. In other words, passion brings purpose and meaning to our perseverance. Our passion is for Jesus and Jesus' kingdom. That's what the passion is around. Therefore, my purpose or my, my perseverance, my resiliency and your resiliency and your perseverance is connected to your passion for Jesus and my passion for Jesus. And that's what will last over decades and years and long terms. Another way to say this would be to be unusually resilient. To still be here after 30 years, for instance, is to be unusually resilient. Psychologist and researcher Angela Duckworth, out of her book Grit, which I highly recommend, says this. She says, do not let temporary setbacks become permanent excuses. All of us, individually and corporately, we have temporary setbacks, and they will continue to come in our lives But never let that be a permanent excuse for your life or mine. So be unusually resilient and hardworking. But I would say hardworking and focused. We know that pleasing Jesus isn't about our works. But we bring our work and our hard work and our commitment because we love Jesus so much. And we want it to be focused on God and God's kingdom. And also always remember who the pursuit and what the pursuit is about. The pursuit is about Jesus, and the pursuit is about Jesus' kingdom. Once again, the Apostle Paul, Paul of Tarsus, he said this in the scripture we started with, therefore, we don't lose heart. In other words, therefore, we will not be shaken. 
Because the kingdom we're in pursuit of is an everlasting kingdom with a foundation that is the cornerstone laid in Jesus. Next, we want to show up. Sounds simple, but showing up, every great athlete, every great business person, every great artist, every great musician would tell you that the most important characteristic in their life is not just their talent, but beyond that is their consistency over time. You must show up. Just show up. One person said 80% of success in life is simply showing up. Still here. Be like bad breath in the face of the enemy. I'm still here. I will show up consistently over time. Remember that enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. Faith and pursuit is much more like a marathon than a hundred-yard dash. Lord, let us live this faith corporately and individually like a marathon. Let us consistently over time show up. And then find your people, not just any people, not just the people at the corner, not just your friends, not just the people you work with, find your faith-filled people, find your small group, find your people that you can connect with and can be encouraged by and you can pray with and you can share what God's doing in your life with. Get with those people that can challenge you, that can celebrate what's going on in your life and pray for you, and you can do that for them. Eugene Peterson, in a long obedience in the same direction, another amazing book to read around this subject, says this. Scripture knows nothing of a solitary Christian. People of faith are always members of a community. When you hear people say, that they've got a great relationship with Jesus. They don't need community. They don't need a church. They don't need a, they don't need a group of people that, that they're on a journey in their faith with. I would challenge them to say that really isn't what the Scripture describes in any way. The Scripture describes a people that are on a journey together. We're doing this together, folks. We are on a journey to please God, to live in God, to grow in God, to glorify God together. That's why we're here this morning. We want to do this together. Find your people. And lastly, I want to say, how do you get to 30 years or 40 years or 50 years or 60 years? Be faithful today. You and I have today... Living in God for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, living for decades, serving God is like eating an elephant. It's one bite at a time. You don't get to 30 years without doing it a day at a time, a minute at a time. And how do we do that? We get to 30 years by one day at a time, trusting in God's promises and God's promise in the process. Once again, the Apostle Paul puts it this way. He says, be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me read it one more time as we press into being faithful today. You're still here, gang. 
be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, be confident that the work of God, that the work that God has begun in you, and in your pursuit, even on the days when you're not satisfied with where you're at, understand this, be confident. Do not be shaken in the fact that God is committed to getting you to where he wants you to be. We will get there. We are headed there. We are 30 years into the journey as a church, as individuals, we're at different spaces, but trust God and be confident. We don't have to be shaken because we're on this journey with Jesus. We are on this journey with the Father and the Holy Spirit, and we're gonna get where God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Let's have a great year. Jesus